Rusty Reno here at the editor's desk for our regular podcast, and we're going to do a special podcast today about our founder, Richard John Newhouse. Today is Founder's Day, and I have with me his longtime assistant, associate, and co-conspirator, Devita Goldman. Welcome to the podcast, Devita. Thank you. So uh, how far do you go back with uh, Father Richard? To 1987. That's pre-Father Richard. It was Pastor Richard. Pastor Davis. Richard John. Newhouse, How did you yes. fall into into the into his various preoccupations and enterprises? I was a parishioner at the Lutheran Church, where he was not really on staff, but doing some preaching. And one day after the service, I was sitting in the front pew. <laughs> uh, he came up to me. I didn't know he knew who I was and asked me if I'd be interested in uh, interviewing for a job with him. And I said yes, and that's how I got it. (laughs) What was he doing in 86? What Um, were his enterprises? He was with the Rockford Institute Mm -hmm. in Illinois. He was um, writing forum letter, a Lutheran uh, letter. And that was, he had been doing that for, since the 70s? I'm not sure, but for quite a while. And that got mailed out weekly? Well, it got mailed out whenever he did it. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> That's when it got mailed out. <laughs> and so out. that was something you subscribed to? Yes, not not online in those days. That right. was before online, but mailed out, yes. So in some ways, he was the first blogger. The well, newsletter was kind of a bloggy, it, it, it's kind of yes. like the while we're at it's are. Yes, very much so, yes. And so he was doing that, and what was he doing for Rockford, Rockford? Rockford Institute? Yes, Rockford Institute Institute in in, uh, Rockford, Illinois. Um, There was a kind of a newslettery thing that then turned into the back of First Things, Mm -hmm. and that's what he was doing for Rockford. Publishing that where? Uh, Rockford was publishing it, and and it was being sent out. I see. Um, And, but there were various other, I mean, as I recall... The um, the famous Erasmus lecture with Cardinal um, Rod, then Cardinal Ratzinger, Ratzinger yes. that predates first things in Institute of Republic. Yes, time. it does. So he was doing colloquia and symposia and lectures. Yes, doing lectures. Uh, Erasmus was already going uh, and doing some seminars. Yes, mm-hmm. and why? There is the famous Rockford Raid. Yes, there which is. Re- which listeners can read about uh, in our pages. I think we go back and, and, and talk about that in our issue remembering Father Newhouse. Um, but that's really got when things got going, or at least that was the end. It was the beginning of the end, the end of the beginning, or something like that. Um, it was the well, end of his time with Rockford. And that was May of... Yes, it was the end of his time with Rockford, very definitely, mm-hmm. that, and the beginning of First over, Things. It was a spat over uh, anti-Semitism, as I recall. Yes, they were printing some articles in Chronicles, mm-hmm. which is still going, mm-hmm. um, that caused some problems with uh, people that Richard uh, was involved with, and it became obvious that they simply couldn't continue mm. together, and it was time for them to peacefully go their separate <laughs> ways. That was the plan. 
and that's so that's spring of uh, eighty nine. Yep. And then that, and you know, ever the, I mean, I, I, my recollection of him was that he was uh, had a strong entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. He was a great natural organizer, and so um, off he went to raise a few shekels to get a new operation going, which is what we're doing now. Yes. We got kicked out of Rockford on a Friday, and on Monday he was in his living room with uh, Jim Nectarline, Maria McFadden, uh, Rich Vaughn, uh, and they were planning first things. <laughs> so it happened very quickly. Yeah, never wanted to, um, no. to miss a beat. No, that wasn't Richard, no. And, and, and we got... We got, uh, but it took a while. Yes, it took a while for us to get the 501c3, but um, some very kind uh, foundations found a way legally. Uh -huh. Legally, let's not yes. open that can of beans, um, to give us enough money to rent an office. Mm -hmm. Where and was the office? The office was... Is that um, the old 156 Fifth Avenue? Yes, we because we were kicked out of the Rockford right. offices. So Paul Stallsworth went out and found us new offices, which we moved into in July, as I recall. Mm -hmm. And um, they got the money and they started on the magazine right away. So they didn't miss a beat. <laughs> I've always been just struck by how much energy, I mean, running the magazine... Speaking, a huge amount of speaking. Yes, and more writing, and more. And then writing books. Yes. And, you know, consulting with um, eminences around the world. Yep. He was. Uh, he became, you know, you know, an intimate of John Paul II. Is that fair to say? I'm. I'm not sure. I would use the word intimate. That's kind of a big word, but certainly close. Yes. I mean, they had dinner frequently. Yes, in Rome when, when, when Richard was in, was in Rome. Yes. yes. And uh, um, and also uh, Cardinal O'Connor yes. here in New York, before he became Catholic, actually. Yes, O'Connor was very uh, supportive of him, and uh, O'Connor actually ordained him a priest mm. at St. Joseph's Seminary. We all drove way out there, and uh, that's when Richard was ordained a priest. 92? Am I got that right? I'm not sure. And... Did he undergo preparation for a year? This was under Avery Dulles's tutelage. Well, with... Avery, who uh, Cardinal Dulles, who uh, Richard was very close to, a great admirer of, and had been since the late sixties. I guess they met yes. each other as part of this post-Vatican II enthusiasm for ecumenism. They were very close friends. The Cardinal died just a little while before Richard died. Yes. And Richard was very, very ill at that point. But he did go to the funeral, which was not easy for him. He was very weak. Yeah, I think it was Father Raymond D'Azusa, who may yes. have also come down, said that he barely made it down the aisle yes. uh, to process, um, but was very committed to being there. He wanted to be there, and Father D'Souza helped. I mean, he literally was holding oh. him up at that point, I think. He was dying. Mm -hmm. But he had an earlier episode. Yes, he did. Um, 
that he wrote about. I think it may be as his, I lay dying. It may be, or is it Death on a Friday Afternoon? No, that's a uh, different one. That's a theological book. Yeah, that may be, but those two books together, um, those are the titles I hear most people yes. mention as ones that they read and reread. Yes. As I Lay Dying is a very personal mm -hmm. book about that first brush with death. Mm. Um, the second brush with death, uh, he died. Right, right. I guess the other book that people remember, which is just before you started working for him, was the Naked Public Naked Square Naked Public Square, yes. That, um, uh, yeah, I think that's what I always tell people. That was the one that kind of um, he challenged the kind of liberal consensus at the end of the 70s that religion was kaput and had no role to play. Yes. No, he would not agree with that. <laughs> no. Who who were his, you know, he had he had um, Arthur Carl Pitcorn, who was yes. the famous um, Catholic-oriented, I guess, small-c Catholic, Yes. Oriented professor at Concordia Seminary. Who are the other that you can remember people he really looked up to? Uh, Peter Berger. Peter Berger. Yes, yes. they were um, they were very close friends. Um, Wrote books together in the seventies. Yes, uh, and uh, he was very close to 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 Berger. Um, George Weigel, mm -hmm. right up to the end, Robert Wilkin. How did he meet George? I have no idea. When I came on board... He was already part of the circle. The first person I met after David Novak, Jewish theologian, yes. was George. Yes, I guess David was a rabbi, not at that time, but uh, maybe in the late 70s in Far Rockaway. So he was in the New York scene. Yes. And I must say, he is unique in his generation of Jewish scholars to be really genuinely um, uh, genuinely a kind of philo-Christian. I mean, he's had a real empathy and, and desire to see Christians flourish. Yes, very much so. As well as being um, really an articulate pro-life Jewish thinker. I think yes. Richard really appreciated that in, in David. Um, and, and there was that cabal of... Um, Missouri Synod Lutherans that that he always he always maintained touch with. I, I I just got an email recently from Robert Benny. Oh yes, very yeah. much so. Yeah. Yes, and I guess are they contemporaries in age? Yeah, probably. Yes, pretty much. I think yes. And Robert Lewis Wilkin, of course, was a classmate of his. At yes, Concordia very Seminary. very close. And any others that we we can. Um, yeah, Michael Novak. Uh, yes. Michael. Although I gather they quarreled of authors not having sufficiently positive reviews of their books and so forth. But certainly oh, yes. by the time I came onto the scene, they were they were uh, kind of close allies in various. Yes, that friendship. He was big on friendships. Um, that's, I mean, for instance, evangelicals and Catholics together. Yes which he started with Chuck Colson. Um, and although the theology was important, I think what both of them really wanted was to create friendships across those two camps so that people would stop just looking at each other as enemies right. 
and begin to um, appreciate and value each other as colleagues. I think he succeeded in that. He did. He was very good at that. That's what he did with many seminars. I certainly benefited from being drawn into those regular seminars in the late 90s. And I could see from the way he ran them that they were as much team building yes. as they were, you know, they, he was always very interested in intellectual topics and often called these meetings because he wanted to clarify his own mind <laughs> yes. as to what to think about these things. And often to see what new voices have to say. Yes. But uh, but the other side was the conviviality, the fellowship. Uh, mutual respect. Mutual respect, yes. Um, and then uh, wonderful hospitality. Yes, he was big on that. Yes, I I spent many biblious evenings yes. at 338 East 19th Street. Yes. I think he would get mad at me because I could not hold my liquor as well as he could, so I wasn't yes. able to speak as as cogently as, as he wanted later in the evenings. No. Because <laughs> he could really, he was tireless. Yes. I mean, he could really just go, 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 go. Quite um, amazing, except, of course, at the end with yes. the second illness when mm. everything changed. But up to then, even though he was aging, yes. What, you know, uh, what do you think? What was what was he most proud of? You know, I think what he was most proud of were his years at that very poor black congregation in Brooklyn. And I think many of his gifts were developed during those years where mm. he took that congregation and made it into a model of urban ministry. Right. And he used to call it the glory years whenever he spoke of St. John. St. John, the lesser, no, St. John. The uh, mundane. St. John, the mundane, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've been, been uh, by that, that church in, in Williamsburg on my, on my bike. I often yes. tip my hat, bow my head to his, his memory. Oh, he had great. And when he was dying at Sloan Kettering, mm. The last people who visited him before he went into the final coma were from St. John, mm. who came to see him, uh, and they spoke. Uh, he, much of what he learned, he learned there. Uh, well, that certainly conforms to my experience, that uh, pastor first. Yes. Um, you know, certainly a person of tremendous um, intellectual abilities and a great talker, both in the lectern pulpit as oh, well yes. as in conversation. Wonderful preacher. And I always envy his um, funny writer. It could be very funny. Yes. Um, but I think, uh, in spite of all those gifts, I think I could see that he cared most about people's souls. Always. Always. Well, I hope we can continue that, uh, that tradition here at First Things. Um, it's been what now? Twelve years. More died in January of 2009. Yes. So 13 plus years since his death. And uh, I think his, um, uh, I certainly uh, feel his personality still very much at work yes. in, in what we're doing. I, don't, I hope we haven't changed things. We change, it's, the world's changed, but. The world has changed uh, but, and he would have changed with it. Oh, no doubt. Um, but I, people say that, you know, the, the charism of the founder of a movement, uh, the strong charism is crucial, and I really feel very grateful that he 
had such a strong personality to yes. put such a strong stamp on first things. It makes it a lot easier for me to run the show yes. uh, you know, many years down the line. Well, thanks for your memories. Thanks for all those years. And, uh, and here's to another 10 or 20 or 30. <laughs> oh, I don't think so, Rusty, but thank you. <laughs>